Chapter 8. Formal Wear Off. Washington, D.C., April 2041. At Clayton Bramant's penthouse in the Hotel Tiberius, well after midnight, Lars was on his back with the limp, panting superstar on top of him. He squeezed out from underneath and craned his head away from the stench of booze-moistened tobacco and pot. He wiped his face, the sweat and semen gooey on his hand. He stared up at the ceiling mirror and ogled himself. Lars was hard again when Bramant's hand wrapped around his waist and pulled him closer, lips pressing into his neck. With the obedience of a submissive, Lars turned toward him. The screen star's tongue swirled in Lars's ear. How about an extra five hundred dollars? Lars shrugged, but Bramant gripped his cheeks and squeezed. Either you want it or you don't. Ow! Stop it, Clayton! That hurts! I told you, nothing rough tonight. He mounted Lars and moved his mouth back to Lars's ear. Then answer my question. He nibbled. Yeah, sure. But the 500's just between you and me, right? Of course. Let me wash up first, then. Lars tried to push himself out from underneath Vermont. I'll get us more drinks. Vermont laughed and kissed him. He rolled off, grabbed his robe, and then went into the living room. Lars rushed in and out of the shower, wrapped a towel around his waist, and sat on the edge of the bed. What the fuck you doing in there? Come on, Clay. My price will go up if you keep me waiting longer. Lars could smell the smoke. Vermont stumbled back to the bedroom with champagne and an open robe. He giggled. Just a little stamina booster shot along with the bubbly. He pushed Lars onto his back and tipped the bottle over his chest and stomach. Bramont dragged his tongue from Lars's clavicle to his waist, slurping the bubbly. He fumbled in the pocket of the robe and tossed the money out. Here, how's that? The bag of coins fell onto Lars's chest. Lars sat up and counted them. A thousand dollars? What the fuck you want for this? He leaned back on his elbows as Bramont grabbed Lars's hands and pulled them over his head. Lars got into his well-rehearsed character. I'll do anything you want, sir. Good boy. He got to his ear and whispered, I want, he nibbled, to have you, he licked, never, he nibbled, Forget this night. He dug his teeth into Lars's neck. Ah, shit, not so hard. Bramont gripped Lars's wrist with one hand and covered his mouth with the other as the bedroom door opened. Lars jerked his hands, trying to get free, and twisted his head to grunt out a scream. But Bramont's mouth twisted in sadistic anticipation as he pressed his hands down harder, holding Lars as still as possible amid the squirming and whimpering. Three men appeared at the foot of the bed as a fourth man bolted the door and walked into the bedroom. You forgot to put out the do not disturb sign, Lars. Bramont hopped off him as three of the men jumped on. Lance, shit, 
Lars gasped and wrestled against his new restrainers, who sat him upright on the bed. Lance waved his hand for the men to release Lars. Clayton, you'd better leave. Here, said the leader as he tossed the bag at him. Take your money back. Porciana appreciates your help and hopes the evening was enjoyable. Bramant looked at Lars, rolled his eyes, and shrugged. He laughed and went into the other room. You motherfucker, you set me up! Lars gasped, his eyes burning, and sprang from the bed. Lance backhanded Lars across the face. Shut your goddamn mouth, slut! The hand then struck the other side, and he grabbed Lars's chin and glared at him. Who the fuck do you think you are? Do you think Porciana is that stupid? How long did you think you could hold out on her like this? Lance slapped him again harder. I don't know what she's more pissed off about. The fact that you're going at this thing alone or you're assuming you wouldn't get caught. You're either incredibly stupid or you've got big balls. Lance reached down and squeezed Lars's testicles. Ah, fuck, no! Lars fell backward and curled up on the bed in pain. Stop it! Shit, stop it! I'm sorry, it won't happen again! He tried to find a position of relief, but Lance's grip was in perfect sync with Lars's twisting. Tell Porciana I'm sorry and, oh shit, I won't do it again! He sobbed. Lance released him and rubbed Lars's chest as he cried, saying, Shh, 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 Lars, look. I don't want to do this, but she needs some assurances that you understand her perspective. He fingered Lars's ribcage and worked his hands over his abdomen. As he rubbed lower, Lars breathed a little easier. And I certainly don't want to have to ruin any of this great equipment. He kissed Lars's neck, his tongue following his hand down to Lars's crotch. He licked and then bit down. Fuck! Lars grabbed for the man's head, but the others lunged for his arms and pinned them across the bed. Lance stood up and laughed. He nodded. The others wrenched Lars to his feet and pummeled him. Lars doubled over with every gut punch and fell back after each fist found his face. Not too much energy, guys. Porciana doesn't want permanently damaged goods. That's enough now. Lance laughed again as Lars groveled on the floor. He bent down and held Lars's face with delicacy. His thumb rubbed the blood around his cheek and touched his lips. He brought Lars closer to his mouth and kissed him. I remember how you taste, and I miss it. Thanks for the treat. Lars crumbled onto all fours when the man let go of his head. He heard them shuffle around and Lance say, Take the rest of the money and check the drawers. Make sure that there's nothing in the bathroom. Bramant tends to leave evidence in this place. He turned back to Lars. Clean yourself up. Porciana will be expecting to hear from you real soon. The door slammed and Lars laid on the floor, choking on blood and heaving misery. It had been four years since he'd arrived in D.C. <sighs> Shit, what happened? He thought, 
while curled up against the wall, crying. The memories flashed, staccato-like, as he lay on the floor. That fucking contest in Shy Style magazine he'd found started it all. And the pics he took of himself in his underwear in the faculty lounge after school back in the sixth grade led to the grand prize and that modeling contract with Frederick Underwood, Copenhagen, Kensington. It had been so easy. He got on the magazine's website and registered by uploading the best pics, never believing he'd really win. Fuck, what a path. Lars winced every time he tried to stand up. He crawled on his hands and knees to the side of the bed and leaned his head against the table to catch his breath. He strained to reach up for his phone and pulled out the card in the back. The ringtone jolted Addie off her pillow. She reached for the phone and her grating voice eked out, Yeah? Hello? Hello? The whisper on the other end came out like sandpaper. Addie? Hmm? Who? She was alert in an instant, bolting upright. Christ, Lars, where are you? What time is it? She looked at her clock. It's three in the morning. You left the banquet without saying anything to us. Where have you been? Are you all right? I guess so. I'm breathing, he wheezed. The rattling scared her. You sound awful. Where are you? I left with Clayton, and then... He started crying. Fuck, Addie, I gotta get out of here. I'm, I'm in his hotel penthouse. I'm coming for you right now. Give me the address. Stay there, and I'll call you when I get to the lobby. He whimpered, giving her the information, and hung up. She sped onto the beltway. After she exited, she called. Lars, I'm just about at the hotel. I'm on the top floor of the penthouse, he sniffled. She went in and headed to the elevators, pressing the button over and over. The doors closed. Come on, damn it. She pressed it again and squeezed through the opening as the doors separated. She scanned the wall for a sign and followed the arrow to the suite, then pounded. Lars, it's me. The door opened. Lars was wearing red silk boxers and backed against the wall. She screamed. What the hell? He slinked down the wall, holding his side. She stood him up, bracing him as they got to the bed. His hair was matted across his eyes. Fresh blood from his nose dripped over what had dried. His cheek was cut below the right eye and swelling. He coughed. At least the bleeding stopped almost. She rushed to the bathroom and doused a fresh cloth in warm water, grabbed the bucket of melting ice and tossed another cloth into it. She sat next to him on the bed and daubed his face as he lay on his back. He cried and let Addie guide him to sit up. He rested on her shoulder until he caught his breath. She turned his face, looked at the cuts, and touched his nose. Fuck, what the hell? He batted away her hand, adding, I don't think it's broken. She moved his hand away from his torso and felt the tautness of his sides and stomach. Hey, it still costs to touch. I told you that before. She pressed. Ouch, shit, what are you doing? I've got first aid training. The ribs seem okay. She cupped his chin, moving the jaw. 
Yeah, I know when something's broken. This has happened before. She shook her head. Come on, talk to me. He slid back and leaned against the headboard. We left the party and came here. He was pretty wasted with the champagne. He did a little meth. Are you crazy? Hey, lay off. I don't do that shit. I let them do it. Makes the sex unbelievable. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I got set up. He lowered his gaze. The woman I work for had Clayton, that son of a bitch, bring me here so her guys could nail me because she suspected I'd been making a little on the side and not giving her a cut. It's only been a couple of times. Shit, I figure I bring in a lot of money for her. I deserve a bonus now and then. So these guys bust in and knock me around. They took the $2,500 I got out of that guy. He was so fucked up. I could have asked for anything, and he would have given it to me. Um, so the guys beat me up and left. Then I called you. She shook her head. I'm all right, though. That Look, thanks for coming. If you could just give me a ride back to where I'm staying, that'd be great. I'm just going to jump in the shower right now. Absolutely not. I will not just drop you off somewhere and have this happen again. Let's go. Get cleaned up and dressed and let's get out of here. You don't belong here. She wiped her eyes, then laughed. And neither do I. It'll be a great story for your fiancé. He sighed and lumbered over to the bathroom. Look, I'll be okay. I live with this other guy. Well, sort of. He lets me stay with him. We dated for a while. Anyway, let me call him. You can drop me off there. He winced as he smiled. But the room here is paid for, so... He winced when he smiled. Shut up and get in the shower. Addie parked and helped Lars out of the car. He leaned on her as they climbed the steps. She looked up and saw Rio open the outer door of the building. Jesus Christ, Lars! Rio ran halfway down the steps and held him. He guided Lars by the arm as Addie followed. They entered the apartment and she looked around, stunned. Not what you expected, is it? Lars nudged Addie with a weak elbow, wheezed a bit, then catching his breath. The crack pipes and bongs from this evening's festivities are all tucked away. He plopped on the couch. Rio took his backpack. Lars, stop it. He turned to Addie. Hi, I'm sorry. I'm Rio. Thanks for doing this. Can I get you something? She sat next to Lars, who was leaning back, eyes closed. Coffee, yes. Lots of coffee, thank you. Rio took the bag to Lars's room and threw it on the bed. He sat on the edge with his face in his hands for several minutes until Addie rapped on the doorframe. Hey, um... Lars fell asleep. He wiped his eyes and jumped up. Okay, I'll, I'll bring him to bed. She threw back the comforter and sheets and adjusted the pillows as Rio set Lars down and kissed him. Addie walked out behind him. You're very strong. Rio went to the kitchen. It's all about the core. No, I mean strong as in inner power. You're really good with him. 
Yeah, well, I guess one of us has to be strong. He turned on the grinder and spooned in the coffee, then slammed the bag on the counter. That son of a bitch is going to get himself killed, and he doesn't give a damn about it. He's always been like this. Tears dripped down his cheeks. She handed Rio a towel from the rack. Looks like it's doing a number on you, too. She put her arm around him and let his head rest on her shoulder. She pulled out the chairs from the table and they sat in the kitchen as the machine gurgled. I'll be fine. He chuckled. <laughs> Lars says that all the time. He buried his face in the towel and shook. Addie drew him to her again, rubbing his back. Shh, shh. She chuckled. I've known him less than a day and have already heard him say that. Rio sat up, smiling. I think the coffee's ready. They talked well into the morning. Rio had whipped up breakfast and Addie loaded the dishwasher. I really should get out of your hair. Oh, you don't have to. I'm free today. Lars will be out till this afternoon, probably. But I don't want to keep you from whatever you need to do. He got the coffee from the kitchen and poured more. I just have a couple stories to proof. I'll get to those soon enough. Um, sure, I can always use the coffee. She took the mug back as Rio sat next to her. So how do you two get on so well together with all this tension around? We need each other. He fiddled with the couch pillows. It wasn't always like this, the problems, I mean. We met in California at the guild induction ceremony like four years ago. <laughs> I was there. I go every year, always one of the most painful parts of my job. Ugh, the pretension, the power plays, the cheerleading for the president. Such a sham. Yeah, I know. So after the ceremony, we were sent out here. Our sponsors got us this place. My guy set me up pretty nicely. Then Lars met up with me a few weeks later. It's very nice, by the way. How long have you two been, uh, together? Rio chuckled. Well, we've been in the same house together for four years. Until last year, we had a guardian of sorts with us, but he moved out when I turned 18. I guess I see us together differently than Lars does. We tried the couple thing early on. We were each other's first. I mean, who didn't pay us or hand us our careers. I got the gist of that from Lars this morning. I wasn't quite sure if he was telling the truth or not. I had the feeling he was making up the part about running away. I don't know why he does that. There's no need for him to embellish. We started down this road in middle school. By the time we met, a couple of years later, when we were 14, we were both pretty experienced. He talks about it easier than I can. That's part of his problem. I do what I need to do and keep my mouth shut, just trying to wait it out. Waiting for what? For whenever I can get out. I like woodworking and want to get into construction. I did a little when I was a kid with an uncle before all this started, and I want to go back to it. So when will that be? When they tell me. Who? Rio turned away from her, then stood. 
You want more coffee? Or it's probably better if you took off. I mean, to get your day started. You're right. I do have a bit to do. And you'll have quite a handful when Lars wakes up. She stood and grabbed her purse and jacket. Well, thank you for everything this morning. You're really good for Lars. He's lucky to have you. She hugged him. Rio held on to her. Thank you for being there, too. It's always good to talk. Addie separated and took his chin in her palm and kissed his cheek. And there is a way out for you. She slipped her card into his hand. He shook his head. Don't get involved, Addie. But thanks for this. Let's get together again. I'll take you two out for dinner sometime. She looked into his eyes and added, Call me after he's up and around. I'll come back over and take a look at him to make sure there's no serious damage. He wiped his eyes. I will. He shut the door as she started down the steps, then walked into Lars's room. He watched his chest rise and fall, moved to the other side of the bed, and got in. Nestling up against him, he put his arm around Lars's waist.